So uh, how are things in the UK today? They're good. We've got nice weather and, uh, you know, things are gradually waking up, emerging from this hellacious winter. So, yeah, yeah. not too bad. Good, good. And uh, where where in England are you? I'm in Wales. Oh, you're um, uh-huh. I'm okay. Actually- I'm actually very close to Cardiff. I, I work in Cardiff, and uh, I live just outside near the airport. So very appropriate oh, okay. that your choice would be uh, the band that you picked. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you do you speak Welsh? I don't. I don't. Most people from Cardiff. Cardiff is a Anglophone city, really. Okay. Um, we're mostly yeah. I mean, it was a industrial town and. Most people come in are descending from immigrants, myself included. So, it, you know, it's one of those cities that grew up from nothing in, in about 100 years during the Industrial Revolution. Okay. All right. Well, I was going to think, th- you know, say if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to give your answers in Welsh, that would really twist, give a, put a real twist on the episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could do anything and we would believe it was. So. Uh, yeah, you right. You know, that's exactly. true. You could make any sort of sounds and we would not really... Oh. Have interesting. Any. We go. That's such an interesting. I never knew. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, all right. Let's do this. Welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. And that is Rob Elba. And uh, for those of you who may be joining us for the first time, we bring people on the show and they talk about records that they love that uh, metaphorically got them high, and we just we talk about it. And that's our show, right, Barry? We've been doing it for how long, Barry? This is three three years plus one episode we've been doing it. So it's not, this is episode 157. Unbelievable. It really does not seem that long. It no, really it does not. It doesn't. Um, real quick, we'd just like to mention uh, that we are on a little thing called a Patreon. You can become a patron of the show and uh, as people do, and then it's just a little monthly uh, stipend that you're, you know, since you listen to the show, you may want to help support us. You could go, where do they go, Barry? They can go to patreon.com forward slash T-R-G-M-H, and you'll be presented with a variety of low-cost monthly options for supporting Robert. There you go. Whatever and I, whatever suits your lifestyle best. You exactly. Know, choose that as, little as, a, as little as a dollar a month. And then yeah, we have we and, have patrons uh, that are that are that uh, support us with substantially a, more. Substantially yeah. more, yeah, sure. Who would figure? Um Barry, this is two weeks in a row. We have guests that have uh, lovely uh, British accents, UK accents. That's exciting, right? It I is. I think it's exciting. It automatically I feel just like someone's automatically I know it's totally wrong. They they could be idiots. Yes. But it just I just feel like what they say has more weight to it. <laughs> They're more intelligent. <laughs> we are that. we are anti biased towards our own um Right. <laughs> yeah. We so, know, we're not uh, like speak uh, real our, English. Yeah, <laughs> our guest is uh, uh, Michael Bruford from uh, Cardiff, Wales. Hello hey, there. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank and, you very much. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Well, we're glad you're here too. I really enjoyed this record um, quite a bit. Um, I had not heard it uh, uh, extensively for some reason. Uh, I've been exposed to a lot of um, other post-punk things obviously but this one just slipped by so why don't you tell us what what album you brought uh yeah it's called uh, colossal youth by a band called the young marble giants yeah and the trio um made they made one album proper actually and then split up um 
And, but this one turns out is it was extraordinarily influential. Um, a lot of people name check this. Absolutely, they they do, and um, it's yeah, it's a classic example of you got something to say, you say it, and then you shut up. Right, and it's also an extraordinary record in that it is live. There's a couple of overdubs on this, but for whatever reason, and they were working with a producer uh, who would have obviously known about multi-track. And uh, so Dave Anderson. Sorry, Dave Anderson. Dave, exactly. Dave Anderson. That's right. And (laughs) um, (laughs) he, um, yeah. And it's odd that you go, you know, you think of when you, when you hear younger marble, marble giants, you're not probably going to think of Hawkwind or Amon duel either. Um, no, <laughs> Brian Eno. Yeah. Brian Eno figures heavily in this in a in a way in, in a sort of a textural way. Uh, yeah, uh, you hear that, and it's and some other things that it's hard to tell whether they influenced someone else or someone else influenced them. There's one track where I go, that sounds just like something from Robert Wyatt, and then so. You know, he was putting out records like this around the same time, and um, I heard this. You know, heard that heard this one texture. I was like, "That sounds just like Wyatt." But you know, this nothing happens in a vacuum. So um, I don't know, and I don't know how active they were as a live act. They would have been around. Did you get to they, see yeah, them? Yeah, I didn't ever see them. Unfortunately, I was just a little bit too young. Um, they, yeah, they were inf- influenced by Krautrock, uh, by Eno, um, by you know Lou Reed, all of those sorts of bands, Roxy Music, that kind of stuff. Um, but I think that they were very consciously trying to do something different. Yeah. So they they had been in a band previously, which was which was doing sort of cover versions and stuff. But they they were real contrarians i think um at least that's my understanding they 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 basically said right we're really gonna dial it back yeah um punk punk had just been out for a cu- you know a couple of years obviously and they wanted to do something that was sort of anti-punk in a way um obviously the the lyrics themselves are incredibly um sort of you know of the time but uh, the the music that they wanted to make was much more stripped back Oh yeah, I mean that's the that's it that's the thing right there. It's just uh, and uh, I remember hearing him them this when it came out um, the a title track on a show we used to have a show here called Radio Free Living Room that I've mentioned a lot. It was a weekly radio show on a WLRN and. Um, uh, they played it and it just stood out from whatever else punk and post-punk they were playing at the time. You had, a, I remember the guy when he played it, he said, all right, t- turn your radios up for this one because it's kind of quiet, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and, uh, but it's, yeah, it just didn't sound like anyone else, but very, there's just a certain quaintness to it. And, uh, it's a little, why sounding, uh, while also sounding kind of twee, it also sounds a little dark at times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How did, you, it's naive. How did you? I mean, I think it's naive uh, in some ways because it yeah. was done in done by a band who had no previous experience at all. So it's got that freshness to it. Right. 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 Um, but but they weren't very happy. You know, well, nobody was very happy in Cardiff in in 1979, really. Oh. Um, and and that's where the sort of darkness 
comes from. It was a pretty rough time um, for everybody yeah. at, at that time. They they were having a hard time making ends meet. Um, the city was, I mean, it was the beginning of the Thatcher era, which was uh, a big change politically for the Br- British Isles. Um, and also, you know, living in the under the spectre of, you know, at that time, nuclear uh, annihilation and... Um, you know, a lot of you know, poverty and and post-industrial decay, which is what Cardiff was at that time. It's very different now, but back then it wasn't a very nice city to be living in. Right. I just want to add that we're still living under the threat of thermonuclear annihilation. Absolutely. We, we just forget about it. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing has changed. Um, it would be yeah. more welcome. In a way, it would almost be more welcome now, though, than it was then. <laughs> yeah. You think, um, but there's actually a British... Uh, uh, Michael, have you ever seen Threads? The uh, Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you ever well, want to have that... Out. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you yeah. ever want to be disabused of the notion that, oh, nuclear, you know, it would be, you know, it would just happen and then things would go about, you know, continue on the way they were... Um, I encourage anyone yeah. who's feeling happy to go and watch Threads, which I think you can watch online, and it will. It's actually just come out on DVD as well. Yeah, and it will. So. It is extraordinarily moving, uh, yeah. and it will get you in a way that you think, "Oh, you know, I saw this, I saw that," and <laughs> you, you've never really seen anything like Threads. Um, and this is it's set in approximately the same time period as Young Marble Giants. Uh, uh, it's right around there. Yeah, yeah, and and it was set in Sheffield, and and the amazing thing about it is it doesn't just dwell on the the events itself, but what happens twenty, thirty years into the future, and that's the really frightening right. thing, you know, of the course. complete breakdown of society and everything. Right. Um, so go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, as far as the record goes and the band, did you first get into them because they were a Welsh band is, is that like how? Yeah, we we had them? we had almost nothing. I mean, if you think of some of the other, oh, obviously London was the epicenter of new wave at the time, but Manchester obviously as well, right, and, right. and you know, and Liverpool and stuff. Uh, we had very very few local bands. Uh, they were part of a small movement. And in fact, the first two um, songs they released was on a uh, independent compilation album um, called uh, "Is the War Over?" Actually, mm, <laughs> and right. um, and uh, that was on a, a local independent label called Z Block Records, and um, and they were part of a small group of of bands that were sort of around at that time but theirs was the first big record that came out and when it came out i mean i think everybody bought it partly because it was brilliant but 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 also because they were they were just about our only band that was that was out there if you like right and they are and they 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 you know uh recently um colossal youth has been reissued i i uh picked up a copy of it and it's got a um a lot of some some demo material on it that is equally as good as what's on the album um yeah but other than that i mean it's really this is it there's right yeah they, yeah they, they formed released... in uh, in 78 and they released this in 80 and then that was it the band was done yeah they were done by December 81. They released one single, well, they released two singles, but they released one single after the album called Final Day, 
um, which is probably their best work, actually, their best single um, track, to be honest. Um, but but that yeah, that was it. It's, it's, it was one single, uh, two singles, and one album, effectively. Yeah. And uh, did they did they ever play live with a drummer with a live drummer? As far as you know, no, not to not to my knowledge, they didn't. They they just had this, and and they didn't even bring the drum machine most of the right. time. I think <laughs> they just had it on a cassette, and uh, the drum machine anyway was was a homemade one by their mate, and um, and you know it sounds like a real proto drum machine. Uh, you know, even though drum machines were starting to be used, they were strongly influenced by Kraftwerk, and uh, you know the oh, man okay. machine came out around the same time. Didn't right, it? So, right. so, but they had this. They had this kind of proto drum machine that sort of belched and and, and made these sort of like weird noises. It's yeah. really, it, yeah, really adds a lot to it though because it, it's uh, some. I remember when I first heard that one song, I'm thinking, what is that? I couldn't even figure out what it was. You yeah. know. Well, the opening track, the opening track, you, you, it sort of slides in, doesn't it? Very, yeah. very quiet. It's got that squeaky. And, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> is what is that? You know. Yeah, another thing that strikes me about this record before we start listening to it is that it's um, it's relentlessly intimate. There's yes. it's yes, yes, it, yes. There's no um, the, I hate to say there's no escape from the intimacy, but everything is just there's no adornment. There's no um, tricks. There's no. It's basically three people playing and a, a woman a woman singing <clears throat> it's two people playing and a woman singing in this drum machine and it's it's right there and it yeah it's like she's standing in front of you and each of them uh, philip moxham is on one side of you and Stuart you're Moxham's in a little on the room and they're right there <laughs> yeah. and that's the charm it's, of it but yeah. It is, yeah but it's also it's the, claustrophobic i think it's claustrophobic is, it is, can is be how yeah yeah and, and 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 i think um you know the other thing that that adds to that intimacy is the just the quietness and the silence yes, both inside yes. the songs you know it's there's so many gaps in the songs deliberately put there um and you know it i think that that just only sort of emphasizes that that intimate feeling yeah. right but it's all very it, it, it's very natural sounding and then like you said it sounds like people that didn't really that was sort of learning it as they went along it didn't so it's not affected at all you know no. it's just them uh and for me the secret weapon all right so the brothers were uh stuart moxham played uh, a guitar and organ and philip moxham played bass philip moxham is the secret weapon for me because oh yeah bass absolutely just sort of anchors everything yeah. you know and it's like it's really great and uh it and just what, sort of what's amazing i think in. yeah they described that relationship between the uh, rhythm guitar and the bass as knitting and what's amazing is that oftentimes in in the songs Stuart um, Moxham, who plays the six-string guitar, is essentially keeping the rhythm going, whilst it's Philip who's actually playing bits of the melody. Right. Well, right and so right, right, it's right. completely yeah. subverting that normal relationship you have between bass and six-string guitar. Right. Yeah. And then you have uh, Alison Staten, uh, beautiful, very uh, simple singing. Like Barry said, they're not putting a ton of... Uh, effects on it you know they're not putting echo on it or anything it's just her and a lot of it's uh she's not pushing it she's singing very softly and quietly and it's very uh it's yeah. it's it's really great so let's listen very to effective. this let's go ahead and start let's listen to this record let's do it the squeaky starting when you're like wait is this song starting yet is, it, is this <laughs> it uh this is searching for mr right Thank you. 
searching for Mr. Right Waiting up half the night Feeling like I'll be dead Before I'm Teaching myself to be the young and so How can I hope to be someone for you to So right, the elements are all right there. Um, uh, just sweet and what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I, I think vul- uh, vulnerable, vulnerable, and but at the same time very buttoned up. Yeah, as we would say in the UK, very buttoned up. And she, <laughs> you know, she says that line, teaching myself to be the uncontrolled. Which, you know, and it's uh, as you go through the album, it's a lot of it's about an alienation within kind of relationships as much as anything else. Yeah. And, and I, I, it's that kind of buttoned up thing that I think is really skeletal. Ah, uh, OK, OK. You obviously you you were in, you were interested in hearing these guys because they were a Welsh band and everything. But what other stuff were you listening to, Michael? Like what kind of bands were you into? Oh, uh, so at that time, I mean, I have a very diverse um, musical taste. I, I guess I first the first gig I went to was in was at the end of '78, and that was to see Magazine. Oh. So I was huge. I was hugely in into Magazine. Uh, uh, interestingly, with with your podcast, a gang of four as well. Um, so a lot of that post punk stuff was very influential, but probably. For me, I mean, I, I I was also hugely into Blue Oyster Cult ah, and Rush, oh, nice. and, and so I had I had a, a sort of a fairly wide ranging um, musical taste. But right. but I I think you know this this sort of angular post punk um, movement that came came out of you know magazine and television and all of those sorts of bands was what what really it, you know it it fitted into even though it wasn't anything like as extravagant in the way it was done. Right. So right. it was that kind of angularity and, um, you know, the sort of ending of the days of the three-chord punk uh, yeah. rock and roll kind of stuff. Yes. You know, it was it was definitely a marking point, you know, at the end of the original, um, at least in, in the UK, the end of the original punk movement. Yeah. Right. I, I remember being introduced to this particular I don't know if it's a genre or it's a um, flavor uh, of post-punk via the, um, there's a rough trade compilation called Wanna Buy a Bridge. And a lot of the things on Wanna Buy a Bridge, this would fit, there may be a Young Marble Giants track on there, I can't remember at the moment. But it had things like uh, uh, raincoats were on there. Uh, Oh, did it have like uh, Delta 5? A Jonah Louis, <laughs> yeah, Jonah I think Louis? so. And there was a Robert Wyatt track on there doing, you know, at last time free, and it it all had this um, this flavor of 
probably reflecting, you know, the circumstances of 1980, uh, the UK in general, um, which was very different here. I mean, we, we had just gotten Reagan in office, but things were not bleak like they were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd had the winter of discontent, you know, where when, you know, none of the, you know, trash was collected for six months and, oh, and you know, wow. everybody was, yeah, everybody was pretty sick and, 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 and people were losing jobs left, right and centre, you know, in Cardiff, um, the, the big steelworks closed down. Yeah. The, the, actually, the Moxon brothers worked in that steelworks, you know, lot, loss of 3,000 jobs, a massive impact. Oh, wow. And everything, everything was just grey. And you know, the album cover even kind of reflects <laughs> yeah. that. It's sort of, yes. it's everything. Everything was was grey. Really, it was uh, right. it was a pretty pretty difficult time. All right, so let's go. The second track is probably has one of the few overdubs in there. It's got some slide uh, yeah. guitar overdubbed on there. Let's listen to a little bit of "Include Me Out." GCE. That's a, a general certificate in education. That was the exams that we <laughs> took when we were when we were 15 years of old age. That would allow us then to go back to school, then to take our A levels when we were 18, and then to go to university, which is what most of us wanted to do. Is what I did to try and get out of Cardiff at the time. Yeah. Um, but it is yeah. Again, she's she's yeah. It's again this kind of bored commentary on life kind of right, thing. You right. Know. Yeah, but presented not in a John Lydon sneer, but in this no. pretty, um, you know, and I hear echoes of things in there that I, that I'm not exactly sure who's like, who, who they were influenced by or who they've influenced. There's a, but I definitely heard there was a band called Comita in the, uh, um, Comita okay. was a, a nineties band from, um, uh, Sweden and they had, they sounded kind of like Stereo Lab, but they were actually contemporaneous. And I realize now the singer for Komita, her presentation is directly influenced by this record. I, I, I just heard it now, which just often happens during the show when we're listening to things, you know, communally. I was like, oh, that's the singer. That's that's where she got that affectation and that per- and her particular tone. Uh, uh, it was from from this record. Well, well I think Alison Al- Statton's vocals are probably the one aspect of the band I think that's had the greatest influence 
subsequently. This kind of very, very deadpan delivery, yeah. um, which which it couldn't be more out of tune with the, the modern era in many ways. But <laughs> right, you know, they right. were they were they were great friends with the raincoats. I'm absolutely sure that Tracy Thorne and you know the Marine Girls and everything, but the girl would would have been very heavily influenced by this. And you know, and lots of bands subsequently. You know, it's that it's that really really downbeat, fact matter of fact way of delivering it. Yeah. And the, you yeah, know, Barry, you Kurt, even, Kurt you Cobain name dropped oh, them. Geez. I saw, you know what? I'm getting tired every other. <laughs> let's just, let's just all say Kurt Cobain had really good taste in music. He did. <laughs> he liked it. He did. <laughs> because, yeah. yeah. You're right on the Wikipedia. Oh, Kurt Cobain was a big fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had a good taste in music. You mentioned Barry Stereo Lab. And also, I feel when, yeah, when I was listening sure. to this, I 100%. was reminded a little bit. Yeah. I, I'm There's sure a they were demo, fans. one of the demos. Uh, I'll play it underneath this. One of the demos that's n- not on the record. Um, or, or it was, um, there was an, an album called uh, Salad Days that came out or an EP. Yes. One of the demos yeah. sounds distinctly like Stereo Lab in a way that's, that, like this album does somewhat, but that particular track does a lot. And uh, it's, uh, they, they heard this record and they were, uh, Letitia was, uh, dis- was heavily influenced by this, n- no doubt. Right. All right, so let's get to the third track. They they uh, kind of bold. They put an instrumental as the third track on the record. Let's listen to the taxi. There's like a eerie quality to it, very this, much, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the first time you get the Galanti organ coming in as is well. That, is that what I was going <laughs> to ask if if you knew what that was? Because yeah, yeah, it's it it, it it's a, apparently. I mean, I, as I say, I never saw them live, but apparently it's a Galanti, and um, and and yeah, it's just got this incredibly sort of uh, old-fashioned feel to it. Um, yeah, but not not in a not in a sort of a '60s way, but no. in a even early earlier yes. way, really. And I would it's got the sound of the kind of um, like the cheap organ you would buy that has little buttons for the chords, and then you, yes, yes, you the, could, yeah, you the could, chord organ. <laughs> you could mash the the sep, You know, you could mash two or three chords together to get these really and it just goes, great sounds. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And it's def, it's blowing air through. In, in some way, it's a, a real, but it, it <laughs> sounds, it, sounds it does like. sound uh, instantly uh, um, um, haunting. Uh, and the, harmonically, it's haunting as well. It's a really interesting composition. Um, the, uh, yeah, well, they have they have great chord changes in their songs, um, or else it would get, uh, it would all get a sure, bit yeah. old and boring quickly, but they don't. The songs are very well, uh, well written. They have great uh, chord changes. 
And this next one is uh, Can, Michael. Would you pronounce the the name of the product they're talking about? Uh, Nodomix. Okay. But it's not a it's not it's not a British product to my knowledge. It's a, it's a Swiss cereal bar, is what I yeah. I think <laughs> I think Nodomix is just is just Scandinavian for nut mixture or something of that nature. Uh, okay. Um, okay. But it yeah. But I've never seen. Well, uh, when you Google it, yeah, I've uh, never seen it, it um, uh, here. Yeah. yeah, when you Google it, you come up with the band with Young, Mar- Young Marble Giants because they so they really uh, cornered the market on uh, not a mix, not a mix. <laughs> so and you've never seen it. You never song. saw it in. You never saw it in Wales. Nope, no, no, nope. no. I don't know where the hell they got it from and I how bet they it's right. a magazine advertisement. it to America as well uh, because obviously yeah, the song is set right. in the states. It's weird. Oh yeah, it is. It is, and it's kind of yeah. The song it's just mentioned in passing in the song. I'm so guessing that really... this this is a this is a song constructed from ma- a, a magazine articles that were read. I would just because I think that you know at this point I don't believe that they were world travelers before no. they made this record in any way. <laughs> He's laughing. Michael's laughing. No. All right, let's listen to a little bit of eating. N- n- Not mix. a mix. She neatly wipes her lips The reporters pick up their pots and pans As they rush to the scene And the cameras wink on the gory views How the editors agree Putting on her makeup She glances at the clock Next she paints her nails the train has collided, the driver didn't stop as she slips into the scales. The reporters pick up their pads and pens as they rush to the scene. And the cameras wink on the gory views how the editors agree. So possibly the most minimal reggae ever recorded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Minimalist I've reggae. I've never thought yeah. of it as reggae, yeah. I must admit. It's the it's off, funny. It's reggae the off, is already minimal. <laughs> it's, it's the offbeat guitar. It's the... Just that. It's just... <laughs> right. Otherwise, yeah. without the offbeat guitar, I wouldn't think it, of a reggae song, but... Just the way that he's hitting the just one chord. That's so funny. It, it, it's like half reggae. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah he, he was a big reggae fan. I know he was a big reggae fan. Yeah. Uh, so it, it makes sense. But the, for me, the, the interesting thing about this is how how she sings it so matter of fact, and it's something horrible has obviously yes. happened. Yes. And and yeah. And they, used, and they were they were um, profoundly influenced, is my understanding, by David Lynch. Um, oh. and there was only only a range oh, really? ahead of this. Yeah, only a razorhead had come out at this time, but it's this idea of, you know, everyday things happening, and then there's this horror underneath that you don't quite get to touch exactly. That that I think sort of comes yeah. through quite interestingly. Yeah, ah, that's funny. That's interesting you say that because some of these songs I could hear in a razorhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, wind right? in the rigging, especially wind in the rigging, especially. Yeah. Um, yeah. but even this next one is kind of a bizarre little song here. Uh, this next one coming up lets us do a little bit of constantly changing. Thank you. 
that's uh, yeah. There's some crazy little lyrics. I I cannot fix you in a position where I would lose you out of my vision. For you are movement, and that is nothing. Mm. Yeah, I know it's really nihilistic, isn't it? It's yes. So <laughs> I, 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 how good is the bass on that track? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely insane. It really is. And I think that there's a little thing. I, yeah, I think there's a little bit of the jam in there. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, Barry, I was wondering if he was playing a Rick, like the guy in the band plays a uh, in the jam. He does play a Rick. He does play Rick and Rick. Okay, yeah, yeah. you could tell yeah. that it's got that sound, that and, same sound. Yeah. Um, this, yeah and the, the, another interesting thing about uh, um, constantly changing is that there's um, it's the verses are absent, so there's just chorus. So where there would be a verse, it's just them playing guitar and bass. Yeah, and then exactly. and then she sings a chorus but and then you you think oh there's going to be a verse but no there's just that space <laughs> um so yeah it, it's fantastic it's fantastic and 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 remarkably brave um it takes a lot of restraint and i've said this before i have i musically i'm impatient and i'm i'm, I'm also Oh, you you would have filled all this crap, but you would have filled exactly. all that space. There'd then. be thirty six <laughs> tracks of, of garbage. Uh, right? Yeah, you're right. It is brave to to do that. You're right. Uh, all right, so let's take uh, let's take a little break now, Michael. We didn't. I know it's early for me and Barry, and I have to go back to work, so I'm not really drinking anything. Are you partaking of anything? I know it's uh, later. Uh, not uh, not not just yet. I will do not later, but it's oh, it's, okay. only, it's only half past five here, so. You, you don't have a a roast in the oven, do you? A Sunday roast? <laughs> no, no, we, we no, unfortunately not. No. <laughs> uh, well, maybe next. Who do we have on Barry? That was um, uh, it was from Adam from Swerve. Adam Franklin, from yeah, Swerve Adam Franklin Driver. had his Sunday roast on while we were doing. It, <laughs> it was lovely. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, so we are talking to Michael Bruford. We're talking about uh, the Colossal Youth by Young Marble Giants. This is that record got me high. We'll be back in a minute. This is Woody Compton of Is This Tomorrow. This is Woody Compton. It's interesting that they picked 15 for a song that got you hot. I'm not somebody who wants to I think it's a very influential in people's lives. And I would bet most people still listen to the music they love when they Hi, this is Woody Compton of Is This Tomorrow. It's interesting that they picked 15 as an age for a song that got you hot. I think it's a very influential time in people's lives. I would bet most people still listen to the music they like on this because it really made it. Hi, this is Woody Compton of Is This Tomorrow. Hi, this is Woody Compton of Is This Tomorrow. Hi, this is Woody Compton of Is This Tomorrow. Hi, this is Woody Compton of Is This Tomorrow. Hi, this is Woody Compton of Is This Tomorrow. Hi, this is Woody Compton of Is This Tomorrow. Hi, this is Woody Compton of Is This Tomorrow. Hi, this is Woody Compton of Is This Tomorrow. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly satirical comic available at Is This Tomorrow. I managed to get, I started growing some, um, 
endangered species here that yeah. are oh, ex- brilliant. Uh, uh, that were are um, extraordinarily endangered in situ. So I made friends with people in India and people in Australia, and so we have a botanical garden here. Um, Fantastic! That I would, you know, grow things and then um, donate some of what I grew to the botanical garden, so that those species that can, you know, and we, we're we're south of the frost line, so it's all things from, you know, you know, things from Madagascar and things from. It's just a matter of getting to know someone and, you know, getting their trust and a lot of times trading with them, sending them some seeds that you have, and they'll yep. send you seeds. Um, and so that was before I had two children in college. And so we now live in an apartment. So that's, I've had to give up <laughs> all of that for now. Um, yeah, my, my yeah. daughter is a, is a PhD student at, um, Stanford in, um, environmental history. And she, Africa, oh, is, right. cool. Af- Africa cool. is her, um, she's been to Uganda twice and done two different uh, stints in Uganda researching and um, yeah she's our she's the go-getter in the family so that was my thing for a long time all right well welcome back to plant talk Uh (laughs) well i didn't ask you very briefly what kind of what what, what's your you know you said fauna but you must what's your particular animal so um i mean i have worked in uganda as well myself I've, I've, i've worked on a whole variety of different things but everything from giant pandas to Western lowland gorillas. Yeah. I've worked in Peru, so on um, the Cunha alpacas and llamas, yeah. all, all sorts of stuff. Um, oh, wow. All, all, all across the globe, really. So, so yeah, no, I'm, but, but quite a lot in Africa over the years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, and, and kudos to your daughter because Stanford is an absolutely outstanding university. And if she's doing a PhD in environmental history, oh, yeah. there, she's uh, obviously Adele very is, good. Uh, no dummy. She's smarter than all of us combined. She is. I'm absolutely. Yeah. Positively yeah, yeah, she is. Uh, convinced. Yeah. All right. So we are back. This is That Record Got Me High. We are talking to Michael Bruford. We are talking about Young Marble Giants. And we're up to song number six. Let's listen to a little bit of NITA.
sad little lost love song, right? I, I can't make head nor tail of the lyrics. I've, 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 studied, I've studied them. Half of it almost reads like a, an empty nester syndrome thing because as the last chorus is about, um, you know, calling a child in for, 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 for their supper after playing out and all of that kind of stuff. And that, right. all of that stuff we just heard could be a play school. I, it's, it's sort oh, of pr- okay. presumably... I thinking that. It's it's I, I don't know. It seems deliberately ambiguous mixing a relationship up with you know a, a partnership right. relationship with a with a parent offspring relationship. It's 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 puzzled me always really. Well, that. do we have any idea what the initial stand? Yes, it's from the lyrics. That's why I played the song to the point I did. Nature intended the abstract. N I T A for oh, you and me. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So nature intended the abstract means there there's no actual this is no there's no actual contact between the people. There's no yeah. It's just purely uh, um, an abstraction. So this is yeah. th- these lyrics are an abstraction of some uh, relationship. Which you're right. Now that I think about it, is it, there is a lot of things mixed up in here. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 very very interesting, and but again, incredibly sad, um, yes. and that kind of no that, kind of, ali- oh. that yeah. kind of alienation, that feeling of alienation, just creeps through the whole record. And the other thing is that 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 she was the girlfriend of Philip Moxham, and um, and, and they broke up just before the band broke up, and and. You know, you don't know to what it... I mean, the lyrics would probably have been written by Stuart Moxham, who was also in a relationship at the time that broke up just at the point that the band broke up. So I don't know whether this was previous stuff going on or actually going on at the time or whatever, you know, but I think there was some sort of unhappy relationship stuff being, uh, you know, born out in this. Yep. All right, so now we get the title track. This is the the first song that I heard that uh, hooked me on uh, Young Marble Giants originally. And let's listen to a little bit of Colossal Youth. Like, uh, it is. It's definitely sort of admonishing, saying this. This isn't about you. Right. This is there. There are greater things in this world, and um, and then it finishes off with this line: "Colossal youth will show you the way to go," <laughs> and uh, which is quite interesting because the, these these colossal youth things that they 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 based the the album on was were um, 
were these sort of young marble giants, which were these big Greek statues of youthful people that used to line the the, um, the waterways going into Athens and uh, these Kuroi things. And I think it, uh, you know, a lot of it is is in and around sort of you know weariness and and the need for sort of youthfulness and like vitality to to show you the way to go. It's um, you but, know, present, so you but presented completely ironically because obviously oh, course, yeah. there's no yeah th- there's no um, there's a realization of the complete um, complete fallacy the complete uh, uh, absurdity of the um, the presentation so you're presenting yeah. this you know in, in obviously in contrast with a, a reality that's basically if not literally but uh, uh, figuratively in black and white in Cardiff in 1980. Yeah, 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 and it's it's one of these. So the music is even ironic, isn't it? It's yeah, sort of this kind of yeah, yeah. jolly, jolly, so, ditty. right? Yes. Kitschy, it's so kitschy sounding. Yeah, and it sort of goes against uh, what the lyrics are saying. What you're yeah, saying, absolutely, uh, it's great. I mean, that's that's a big part of of their charm. You know, what draws you to them. Um, yeah. And now we get this next one, which is also good for describing this because this is this is a great record to listen to, like uh, you know, in the evening, like for a, a quiet evening listen. So let's listen to music for evenings. disdain in these lyrics she's, you know yeah she's she's <laughs> she's not having it she's done yeah. with whoever this is when she's she says it. yeah she's take your that. body take your body from by me be yourself <laughs> be yourself over, over there, there. <laughs> and those are not yeah. loving kindness words no and you and you know if you're in a relationship the one time that you're going to be definitely together is in the evenings, isn't it? So it's, right. like, oh. it's that, that period of time where you, 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 you're you stuck. Have to, yeah. <laughs> That's the impression I get that, that it's just like, Oh my God, no, not again. Not again. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She's not, I, I, I don't know. Did she, I, I assumed that she was, she wrote the lyrics, but I, you, you suggest that it might, it's actually one of the brothers. Mo- most of the time it was, um, Stuart that was writing the lyrics is my, yeah. Yeah. Most of the songs are written by Stuart. A couple of them yeah. are written by, uh, him and his brother. And then a couple yeah. of, with him and, uh, and, uh, uh-huh. so yeah. Yeah. 
but they they were they were they weren't in the same they weren't in a relationship but 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 um but they were both in as i said both in relationships at the same time that were apparently either on rocky ground or um sort of start starting to go wrong so so you know they they had split up by the time this they did well within six months of the album coming out right yeah well, it's a remarkable because it's a then it's a man writing lyrics that a woman's going to sing, and that's that's um, that can be that doesn't always work. So no, no. and because the, I would not have guessed, and so it's convincing. And I'll just be frank: that's the sometimes men are not able to write convincingly for a woman to sing things, right? Um, and but this is she's perfect for she perfectly she inhabits these lyrics the same way that you know rod you know roger daltrey inhabited uh pete townsend's lyrics or anytime there's yeah. a there's someone behind the scenes writing and then the singer is presenting it and uh, it's and it's seamless yeah you would never it, know i'd yeah. never know it, it, yeah, right. not, not exactly. at all that's good all right so now now we get the very interestingly uh, titled the man amplifier the uh, music i just want to point out the uh, percussion they do they've got the little you know the wonky drum machine but then they've got obviously that's someone just doing that like rubbing something making yeah. another <laughs> rubbing part and it's just like so creative and so perfect you know yeah yeah i i think that i mean as, as i said before they were quite heavily influenced by craft work and and you know i can't help think draw a line between this and the man machine and things yeah. like that um but it's interesting it starts off in a the lyrics start off with a very sort of very robotic tone, but eventually, you know, the emotion comes through, and um, you know, and, and it, it's it's almost about the relationship between humans and technology, and the fact that you can't sort of hide human emotions even within technology very easily. Mm. Right. I, I yeah I yeah that's that's as good as I that's better than any interpretation I was able to come up with. <laughs> 
Well, it's still a bit bonkers. I mean, a lot of the lyrics are bonkers. <laughs> it is record, bonkers, so. yeah. yeah. Uh, but bonkers in, in a really nice, uh, yeah. endearing yeah, way. Exactly, yeah. Uh, all right, speaking of endearing, we got this This song. I have no idea oh, what's going I love, on here. I love this. In fact, this track, I looked up, went searching for meanings for the lyrics, and no one has any idea. Uh, <laughs> it's apparently family speak, family speak, some words that families make up. Oh, okay. Oh. Like um, Chucky Loney. That's uh, I could see that. I Nigella see that. Lawson in their family. They have the microwave. Yes. <laughs> so, so Chucky Loney is in there. Let's do it. Chucky Loney. Sounds like someone, you know, rifling around in the house for snacks, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Chucky, you know, you think eating out of house and home, Chucky Lennon starts on a roam like this voracious creature is going through your house, you know. But then he puts on a bandolier, which is like a, 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 a purse, a, like a purse or a, a bag, a side bag. Um, hearing through a nudie ear, I have no idea. Um, no. No, it is really strange. I, I've interpreted it as a kid playing in a house, but uh, but, it, the, I, but that's just, I mean, I have yeah, no idea. Yeah, it could be, sure. Um, I think because Chalky Loney made me think of chocolate, like yeah, uh, some sort of, uh, and then eating, I guess probably because I tied it to eating out of house, but the music is fantastic in this song. Yeah. It's yeah. very um, evocative and I think it's actually two guitars in that one and not just guitar and bass or if the bass is playing up very high um, yeah and very distorted yeah it's it's great it's a, just yeah. a great yeah. track great track but it's another one of these tracks where she doesn't start singing until about halfway through yeah. as well they do that all the time yeah yeah. it's sort of they build the, they build the sort of atmosphere and then she comes in it's really it's r- remarkable yeah that one, that, one, that one stopped me in my tracks when I was listening to the record. I was like, wow. And I would listen to that one again and again. Just love the, the riff and the atmosphere of that one. And, and now we got a song that references a Wurlitzer, but I don't believe there is a Wurlitzer in the song. Is there, Barry? I don't think no, so. But a Wurlitzer, no, but Wurlitzer also made jukeboxes, I think, as well as organs. Oh, a Wurlitzer jukebox. Okay, so, so this is it. This, this is, is a Wurlitzer jukebox. Thank you. 
again, the, the bass and the guitar and the guitar sort of switch off. Like at first, the bass is taking the lead, and yeah. then the, and then the uh, and then the guitar uh, does uh, more. Uh, and it's just they're great. They're really great how they play together and uh, how they present it so simply. Uh, it's really great. Yeah, yeah. It's this it's this knitting they call a talk, talk about where they knit the guitar and the bass. Yeah, and uh, I right. think I think it's I think it's the best track on the album personally, and. Um, it, you know, and it, it's it's also again very very interesting lyrics. This this protagonist Parish who's dancing, who's with feet are a blur and <laughs> doesn't doesn't listen to. It's just it's it's uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a great track, and I I, I am rem- the bass playing again and the chord changes reminded me a little bit again of the jam. I think that that's in there. Bruce Foxton's bass playing and. Some of the way that Weller puts songs together, I would is just a guess is in there because yeah, and and yeah, and also they have that like I said, the sound they have that um, that the bass sound definitely and the uh, guitar too that that clean you know clicking like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um if if it's not that then it's they're drinking from the same well that you know Paul Weller was drinking right. from so yeah yeah and now we get a very. Uh, very uh, much said with very little words, which I I like that. I appreciate songs like that. Let's listen to uh, let's listen to Salad Days. <laughs> It lyrically, that's yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> think of, think of salad days, they were folly and fun, they were good, they were young. Do you do you use salad days yeah. as an expression? Yeah, as oh, yeah. well, yeah. there's yeah. that famous track by Minor Threat, the hardcore band Minor Threat. Oh, yeah, called yeah. salad yeah, days. Sure. Um, and but this one, there's a I remember listening to the record and thinking they have also listened to the band, um, Cluster which was, um, you know, a krautrock band that had this slightly hinky, off-kilter sound. Um, there's a bit of that in there. and <laughs> Hinky's good for a lot of the, the song describing Hinky. Yeah, it just is slightly, <laughs> you know, slightly, the dial is not quite uh, it, tuned into the station. It, it's so you get a, the, these odd... Um, 
this oddness is in there. And also, I would, I also again think that Stereo Lab heard this for sure and was yeah. influenced by. But this I think it, I think it, I think it evokes youth incredibly efficiently. It's, it's just a yeah, you know, it makes you think back to your salad days and, oh. and endless days in the sun when you were a kid and all yeah. of that kind of stuff. You know. Right. Well, the, yep. these days, salad days were shit that happened in 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 um, twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. Oh, I remember when we saw those people and we were in those places <laughs> and we were doing those things. That was salad yeah. days. We had we didn't those know were our salad days. Yeah. We didn't right. know. God, <laughs> that's so depressing. It is. But that's, well, that's, uh, that's, that's that record got me high, getting you more depressed than you already are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's listen to song number 13, this song, uh, Credit in the Straight World. credit in the real world you won't die goodness so go for credit in the straight world look a dealer in the eye is it a is it a car dealer or a drug dealer what do you think i i think i yeah i think it's it could be either of those things it's it it seems to me almost to invoke finance yeah whether what some kind of finance anyway what i don't know the context but it's it's the one song there's only this is the only song on the album that actually is gets your adrenaline going i think i don't yeah, think the rest yeah. of them are designed to but this one does and uh and i think it's there's some there's a kind of manic element to it which i which is quite different to the rest of the record there's an english beat undercurrent in this one um yeah. and because they're contemporaneous it's impossible to know but you could hear you know that bass playing is uh you know mirror in the bathroom came to oh, mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So who, now that you just said that, yes, I definitely and this, and, who was, yeah. yeah. And this song was famously um uh, mashed by by Hole, um covered by Hole uh, a few years later as well. I oh, will, that's right. I it will was, l- yes. I will I did not listen to that. Uh, I knew they had covered it, uh, but uh, I wanted to have just sort of a pure listen through of this record without you know um, so i'll give courtney a, i'll give courtney a shot in the during the edit process so. yeah. 
It's pretty good, actually. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. good, she made pretty... some great records for Dow. Yeah. No oh, doubt. yeah. No, I'm, I'm not dis- disrespecting her at all, but this isn't a particularly subtle uh, interpretation, shall we say. <laughs> well, you wouldn't. Yeah, that's not what you're going to Courtney Love for. No. Yeah. Subtlety. Yeah, my, my, favorite cor- my favorite Courtney Love track is called Teenage Whore, where and it's <laughs> yeah, the, possibly yeah. the least subtle track ever recorded, but it's yeah, yeah. incredible. She's so, not subtle. Yeah. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. All right. So we're getting uh, we're getting close to the end of this record. This great record. Uh, so many really good songs on it, and it's just uh, amazing. You know, people say um, about a band, why just one record, one and done? But there's something to be said about just there putting is. out a, a record, Absolutely. and then that's it. And uh, you <laughs> that's can't the record. you you, you, you put out one I great record or, or or one great record and 18 mediocre records. Go for just one. Exactly. But I don't think they had a plan. I don't think they ever were right. going to make another record. This, right, this right, is, right. You know, this, this is, is it. Clear. It was, right, let's, let's it was being concocted on the fly. And so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's listen to Brand New Life. Yeah, a, right. a new element. Yep, Stuart. And I'm going to toss in the. I think there's. I think this track was influenced by our American, your American friends, Blondie. I hear a little yeah. bit of Blondie in this, and it that makes total sense to me. Um, the way she's singing it and the the the, the lyrical content, very simple. Um, love lorn you know forlorn uh, lost love lyrics um, and then it goes yeah, why, on to, why, go ahead yeah why they never why they never re- released this as a single is a mystery to me because they never did anything off this album as a single and this would have I'm sure done very well indeed as yeah a this one definitely jumped out so. at me and I remember this one whenever I hear it I go oh yeah this yeah this is a really very catchy and and you know you would think I'm surprised more other people haven't covered more of their songs. I mean, maybe they haven't. I just don't know about it. But uh, a lot of them would be rife uh, for the covering. I yeah. Would think, yeah. Know? Yeah. There's been quite a few, but but um, has there? Okay. Not very. Not very many. Not not by not by bands like Hole. I mean, it's oh right you know, right you right. Know, so. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, you know, we didn't ask you, Michael. Are you a musician at all? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I play. I play guitar. I, okay, I should have. Uh, yeah, we, do you have, we a, do you have guessed. A, do you have a Bandcamp page? No, and I'm not. Even, I have. You know, I'm not even in a band. That, that, so, so I, I haven't been. I haven't played for a few years actually, but I have been in bands uh, in the past. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Well, everybody, every, everybody can say they're in a band right now, but they're not really in a band. So yeah, you can say, right. "Oh, I'm in my, a band," but my band's on on hiatus right now. Everybody's <laughs> on hiatus. So yeah. yeah, you yeah, can just say, yeah. "Yeah, no, I'm in a band," and it's just from on our world hiatus. Tour. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to be honest. I got to be honest. Playing guitar these last the last six months, I haven't been able to play the guitar. Really, has saved me from a mental breakdown more than yeah. once. I think it's just it's fantastic to just be able to yeah. sit down and you know it's, it makes a big difference. Well, that's good. All right, so now we get to the final track. It's a it's an instrumental. Uh, and I believe you meant if this was the one you mentioned. This would fit right in in uh, Eraserhead. And there was yeah, I think Eraserhead. so. Yeah, I think <laughs> I agree. Let's listen to a little bit of Wind in the Rigging. Great. I'm telling you, you're having like a late night party with some friends. Just put yeah. this on. <laughs> I agree. It's well, um, that, that bit, that bit in a razor head where that lady yeah, is, in the, is yeah. in the radiator. Yeah, yes. she's singing in heaven. Everything it's is fine. fine. You got, you got your good that. things, and I got mine. Yeah, exactly. And you know that was written by a guy named Peter Ivers, who had a, um, a television show here that was hugely influential at least in where I grew up, called New Wave Theater. It was from Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, I've heard of no, it. Right. And he had live bands on, and they played all these like uh, 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 um, videos and weird stuff. And then, unfortunately, his story has a bad end. He was murdered by um, a lover um, quite brutally. So the Peter Ivers wow. story, uh, and he's in heaven now, and everything is fine. Um, okay, well, <laughs> I'll just leave right, it so, there. Michael, uh, this was really great. Uh, we're so happy that we got you on the show and that you picked this record because Thank you very much. You know, it's definitely a record that could fall into the cracks and maybe wouldn't have come across, but it really is yeah. just a great one and done, you know, record yeah. uh, that definitely stands up. Stands it's a no, it's a, it's a no excuses record. Like yep. you don't have to say, well, they, you know, then they made their second record and it wasn't as good or. Right, right. You don't have to qualify it. It's just uh, there. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really great having you on. And thank you for, uh, we, you know, you uh, did it on an odd schedule time because as people look across the pond, as we make them do. So me and Barry aren't recording at some crazy time for us. <laughs> True. No, not at all. It was a pleasure. Oh, good. Uh, and maybe Sunday, maybe next Sunday, you can have the roast, the Sunday roast. Mm. Uh, yeah, he might be a vegetarian. Yeah. That might be what no, he's... No, no, Oh, okay. All right. Just <laughs> okay. wanted to give you that oppo to get to yeah. slide to get out, out from underneath the Sunday roast. 
people yeah. in Wales, people in Wales aren't vegetarians, Barry. That's not <laughs> yeah. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks uh, once again. Yeah, thanks that again for being great. on the show. Cheers, uh, gentlemen. Next week we have our friend Chris White. He's Chris White, yeah. And he did not die of uh, COVID, COVID, thank God. Uh, he's still, I think, I think Chris is still, you know, he's recovering. He's not be doing it from bed. No, <laughs> but I, I, I don't think Chris is. I think Chris had a, he was had, uh, he got beat down pretty hard. He did get beat down. All right. But he's, what is he doing, Barry? He's Push, doing... Push the Sky Away by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. So um, another right. an, another one to look forward to. Um, I and just want to, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say Chris is what? Also, he's a patron of the Chris show. Chris is a patron where you can go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and for as little as a dollar a month, you can support Rob and that record got me high and me, Barry, and uh, we would greatly appreciate it. We would. And I just want to say, Michael, I want to say how much I enjoyed this record. Um, this, I, re- I really needed this record this week. For some reason, it worked out well for my mental state to have this record to listen to. So it was it was very right. good what timing. Does that, what does that say for next week, Barry, when you're doing Nick Cave in the Bad Seas? What is that going to be psyche? Yeah, it would be all right. Yeah, all right. it would be all right. Great. Uh, all so. right, so we'll see you guys next week where that record got me high. We are out of here. All right. I hope you're listening. Who was it you called the good shepherd Rounding up the kids for their meal Who chased your shadow running up behind Clinging to your high-flying heels High-flying Think twice before you go Baby, this will be the end Think twice before you go Baby, this will be the end If you leave me one time Baby, you'll leave me again They ain't suffer with me, baby Then I know you paid your do They ain't suffer with me, baby Then I know you paid your do Then you need me when I need you Then you know you stand accused